Good afternoon, sports world. What is happening? Happy Saturday to you. A happy special Super Bowl Saturday to you. This is Go Baller FFS and our Go Baller Super Bowl special podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist, sitting here with none other than the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, and jumping into a bunch of things leading up to the special game tomorrow between the New England Patriots and the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl 52. We're going to be talking about our rants, we're going to be talking about our picks, and breaking down the latest news in the NFL. And without further ado, Mr. Allen Dell, jump in the news from a few days ago. We were just talking here about the trade between the Washington Redskins and the Kansas City Chiefs. Who got the better of the deal, in your opinion? Is it the Redskins landing Alex Smith as their next franchise quarterback to replace Kirk Cousins? Or is it the Chiefs who got a third-round pick, and not to mention cornerback Kendall Fuller as part of the deal? What say you, Mr. Allendell? Yeah, well, anybody that gets Alex Smith got the short end of the stick, especially at 33 years old. Uh, it was a dump deal by Kansas City. They got a good quarterback coming up in Patrick Mahomes. may take him a little while. I got absolutely Kansas City uh, got the better deal. They also got a good defensive back. I, Alex Smith, in my opinion, has been overrated since the day he got drafted out of Utah. He was a product of Urban Meyer's spread offense. He's been totally overrated since the day he got into the league. I had some of his best seasons in Kansas City. However, I think that was more of a product of Andy Reid and the scheme that they ran there in that West Coast offense. Not a lot of deep balls. He's never been a very accurate or successful deep ball passer in the league, especially when you got guys like Travis Kelsey, the tight end, not to mention Tyree Kill, the deep threat for the Chiefs. I think Pat Mahomes, the third, fits better into that offense overall for Kansas City. And then looking at the other side of Kirk Cousins and pretty much getting swept to the side by by the Redskins. I mean, why do you think Cousins is getting no love? He's had some great seasons in recent years in Washington. Well, he's going to get a lot of love. Dan Snyder, the owner of the Redskins, uh, he's lost. Get, gives up a talented uh, Kirk Cousins for Alex Smith. Uh, makes no sense, but Dan Snyder doesn't make a lot of sense. And kudos to Kirk Cousins. He, he's going to make a lot of money. He's going to sign a big deal with somebody, and he deserves it. There's no comparison between him and Alex Smith. Well, Dan Snyder, it seems, why would he franchise tag Kirk Cousins these last few years if he wasn't going to eventually sign him to a long-term deal, which has essentially raised the value on Kirk Cousins and the next contract he's going to get? I agree. That's that's what they call life-changing financials right there across the NFL and you look at both sides what do you think are you know top two top three destinations for Kirk Kirk Cousins this year he says he wants to play for a winner although he said he was surprised by the trade although he's ready to move on to a winning franchise I say the top three options right now you're looking at the Denver Broncos Minnesota Vikings and the Jacksonville Jaguars those three teams with tremendous defenses and potential with the with the right quarterback under center to maybe make a Super Bowl run what do you think about that yeah that, that seems good certainly not Cleveland even though there was some talk that he might go to Cleveland I, he's open to anything but though, there's so many variables that come into play you could could, could like the New York Jets too uh, yeah, that so could many be an factors there. that come in to a team and if they're going to be good or not but I, he'll be good for any franchise if he, he said he wants to go to a winner, so maybe Jacksonville's a really good place, uh, you know, with Burp. Well, Jack, J- Jacksonville obviously could be a good place with the defense that they have there. And you look at the Washington Redskins, I mean, th- this guy started every single game for the Redskins over the last three seasons from 2015, 16, and 17 this past season. Just quick numbers, 29 touchdowns, 11 interceptions in his first year as a starter. That's 2015. 2016, 25 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. This year, 27 touchdowns, 13. This guy's had more than twice as many touchdowns, interceptions in three straight seasons. 
Simmons hasn't missed a game for injury despite all the other injuries going on around him. I mean, people forget forget that the only reason he wasn't starting before that was because RG3 was in there and playing out of his mind before he wound up getting hurt and derailing his career. But Kirk Cousins could be emerging as one of the top three to five quarterbacks in the NFL after guys like Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, and Big Ben. I mean, I, I think whatever team gets him is going to take a huge leap forward going into next season, 2018. Yeah. As I said before, Dan Snyder has made a lot of dumb moves as owner of, of the Redskins, and here comes another dumb move. Maybe this is close to the top. But that's what he noticed, noted for going all the way back to hiring Steve Spurrier as a coach. So so will John Elway make the right move in bringing Kirk know, Cousins yeah, into Denver? Yeah, Maybe he doesn't have a great. He yeah, hired Peyton Manning at the right time, but what's he done other than that? Not not much. So so you got you got another guy or, or another thing to rant on in our next segment talking about the upcoming Pro Football Hall of Fame vote and Terrell Owens, what, whether he will be in or will not be in. Slide we'll be in. right back, Sports World. And here we are, Sports World. Welcome back to Go Baller FFS on the eve of Super Bowl Sunday and tonight. A big vote before the big game, the Pro Football Hall of Fame 2018 vote. We've got some really, really fine football players up in line for this vote, contenders to get in. But your beef, Mr. Allen Dell, is with a guy who maybe should have been in last year, arguably the greatest wide receiver in National Football League history, Mr. Terrell Owens. What's your beef? What say you, Mr. Allen Dell? Yeah, he's been voted down twice. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, he's one of the greatest receivers of all time. He's number two all-time in receiving yardage, number three all-time in receiving touchdowns, number eight in receptions, and then there was that Super Bowl he played in with the Eagles where basically had a broken leg but still played. So I don't understand. Some people don't like his attitude. But let's look at Ray. Ray Lewis is going to get in. It's a done deal. And if you're going to talk about off-the-field stuff, what about Ray Lewis? He was uh, charged originally for murder in a double homicide case, eventually pleaded guilty to, to obstruction of justice in a case that's really never been resolved. So I don't understand. How do you vote Ray Lewis in, number one, first time, with all his baggage, and you and you left Terrell Owens out? Owens should have gotten in two, two years ago. He definitely deserves to be in now, especially if you're going to vote in Randy Moss. Uh, Randy Moss has a reputation that he didn't always play hard, let his teammates down in some cases, and he played for a lot of teams also. So Terrell Owens deserves a shot. If you don't like his personality, okay, but don't keep him out of the Hall of Fame for that. He deserves it. The numbers are there. And isn't it supposed to be about numbers? So we got some Canton controversy. Speaking of the Pro Football Hall of Fame, the top three headliners for 2018 in terms of who's up for the vote as finalists. And like you said, Ray Lewis, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, they all come with some type of baggage on or off the field, however you want to look at it. But with Terrell Owens, it was all on the field of, of what these reporters and people who are voting say it was a distraction. That's the word they keep saying, distraction, distraction distraction but I agree look at things are much more worse as distractions when you're talking about criminal charges court cases you're talking about off the field issues with whether it's in the past there's been people in the hall of fame inducted into the hall of fame in the past who have been charged of domestic abuse who have been charged of much drug abuse so much worse things than just being a distraction and doing off the wall touchdown celebrations and what and what have you but you you brought it up yourself even in the super bowl with the eagles playing on a broken leg played multiple years with a broken hand and yet still finishes as second all-time in receiving the NFL. That's Terrell Owens, 15,934 receiving yards. He had five 1,200-plus yard receiving seasons. 
third overall in touchdown catches in NFL history, only behind Randy Moss and Hall of Famer Jerry Rice. I mean, I think it's a no-brainer that all three of these guys should get in. You're looking at one of the greatest defensive players of all time in Ray Lewis, two of the greatest receivers all time in Randy Moss and T.O. I, I can't see Randy Moss getting in over T.O. and vice versa. And you got guys like Brian Dawkins with the Eagles, Brian Urlacher with the Bears on the list now. Uh, some other good guys in the list. You got John Lynch. You got Everson Walls. Uh, what Steve Hutchinson, Tony Baselli, Edron James on the list now. I mean, overall, I, but I don't think you can argue past those top five when you talk about the three we just mentioned. In addition to Brian Dawkins and Brian Urlacher, those five to me should be in hands down over anybody else yeah. on the list. What's the rush for Randy Moss and the delay for Terrell Owens? That that makes it doesn't make a lot except sense. Excuse me. But there's certain voters that don't like certain people, and this is their choice to get, or their chance to get back to you. Hey, take this. You gave me a hard time. I'm going to give you a hard time. I think that's wrong. I, th I think all of those voters, if they're thinking that way, they should be eliminated. Maybe the whole process should be done, be done away with and changed, but that, that's the way it is. These are hard I mean situations. But you should be judged on what you did on the field. With these, some of these sports writers who are trying to, you know, play the power of, you know, play the power of God or role of God in this role, it's absolutely ridiculous. It gives journalism, especially sports journalism, a very bad rap and a bad name overall. And I mean, I don't think you could argue back and forth all day who's better between Randy Moss and Terrell Owens. And I think Randy Moss is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think T.O. should have been a first yeah. ballot Hall of Famer. The fact he's on, you know, second ballot number two, ballot number three, still still struggling, struggling to get in on ballot number three. I think that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. I, I hate to see him lobbying. He's lobbying through the media and so forth. And I, that should be beneath him. He shouldn't have to do that. I mean, this, right. you want to keep him out the first time? Maybe, maybe, maybe. But now, and this will be the third time, that is totally wrong. Kick out the voters. Yeah, let's hope the voters get it right tonight going into the big game tomorrow. That's all I got to say. We'll be back with some Super Bowl game breakdown. What is good, sports world? Transitioning here from Mr. Allen Dell, the Godfather's rant, into my rant. Welcome back to Go Baller FFS and our Super Bowl special podcast for Super Bowl 52. Going into the game now, talking about the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots, and a great story by ESPN's Tim McManus breaking down the seven days of the offseason that transformed the Eagles into Super Bowl contenders. And looking back on two weeks ago in the NFC Championship game, when the Eagles absolutely trounced the Vikings 38-7 in Philadelphia that every single Eagles point in that game was generated by a player who wasn't on the roster in the last season. Nick Foles threw for three touchdowns. Alshon Jeffrey caught two touchdowns. Torrey Smith caught another one. LeGarrette Blunt, former Patriot, ran, ran a uh, touchdown in. Patrick Robinson returned interception for a score. And the newcomer, Jake Elliott, the kicker, kicked the field goal and accounted for the extra points. And you look at all those players I just mentioned were not on the Eagles roster the season before. Plus, you got newcomers like veteran defensive end Chris Long. You've got rookie Derek Barnett coming up with a strip sack, which was recovered by Long. You look at all these different pieces that they put together, and you remember, you know, ma making the big sign in LeGarrette Blunt in the offseason. People got very excited about that. But then you look at, you know, okay, they got back Nick Foles. You no, know, not too big of a deal. People knew he wasn't going to be the starting quarterback. Later in the season, they trade for Jay Ajay. They draft the rookie running back, Corey Clement, who's played a big part in this season. Six touchdowns, over 400 yards from scrimmage. Then you talk about Al Sean Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, both of those guys were huge pickups at wide receiver and have created a lot of open space for Nelson Aguilar this year. And I think that goes into my overall point is that 
this is a new look Eagles team with just a dynamic. I don't think many can really explain the fact that all these guys are so new together and don't have the experience of playing together, yet that doesn't seem to bother them one bit. And, and I think that you, know, you got to look at the fact that I don't think the Eagles are the underdog in this game. I think the Eagles have the better offense. I think they have the better defense overall. And I think you got to look at the fact that no matter what you're saying, Nick Foles, he's not a backup quarterback. Yeah, he's a backup this season playing behind Carson Wentz. But overall, I mean, you got to look at the fact that this guy threw 27 touchdown passes and just two interceptions four seasons ago in 2013 for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, I mean, that's that's not that long ago. It, okay. This guy in the right system when Chip Kelly was running the offense and now they're running the RPOs for him with with uh, with Doug Peterson, he's in the right place at the right time and has potential to be one of the top ten quarterbacks in the NFL. He won't be with the Eagles after this season no matter what happens, I'll tell you that much. I've seen this movie a hundred times. It ends the same way the Patriots lifting that Super Bowl trophy. I saw it last week. With the Jaguars, they supposedly had the defense to take down the Patriots. Well, it didn't work out. I saw it during a regular season against a vaunted Pittsburgh Steelers team that had a great offense and a good defense. I saw it last year with Atlanta in the Super Bowl. I saw it a few years ago with Seattle. This is the same movie. It will end the same way. It may be close. Uh, in the end, Bill Belichick and Brady, they don't make mistakes. They don't beat themselves. They don't play not to lose. Even if the Eagles get a little bit of a lead, they're going to go into that shell again and try to run LeGarrette Blunt and the rest of them. So this movie will end similar. Maybe the Eagles get a little bit of a lead. They have a problem in the secondary. I think Brady's going to expose that. Uh, and Brady might not even use his running game. What are the Eagles going to There's going to be a lot of pressure put on Foles. He's basically fl uh, playing for his NFL life. If he wants to be on another team next year, he wants to be a starter. I question how good he is. That was a long time ago. The Patriots have what it takes. They have an experienced quarterback, an experienced coach, a veteran team, no great stars except a quarterback. And, and they'll take care of business. And this game, this game could be a route because I don't I don't see the Eagles. Nobody talks about the secondary. It's not a really good secondary. Mediocre at best. Very good defensive front, which is what you need to put that well, pressure on Tom I, Brady. And while the Jacksonville Jaguars defense played okay in that game, they had Blake Bortles, who can't make those throws. And I would take Nick Foles any day well, over Blake Bortles as my starting quarterback. I would take Foles, neither of them. 78% completion percentage and three, three touchdowns and no interceptions in the games he's played this postseason. They've beaten better opponents than the, than the New England Patriots. Had the Patriots beat the Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans coming from the worst division you know, in Brad, football? Brady's going to use those quick passes. Uh, the Eagles won't be able to, to run their, their their front lines in the way that they like to do. They you know like to rotate eight guys in the front line. I I like, I like the Patriots, 31-21. I think well, they're going to roll. We're going to get more into that in our quick pick segment of our Super Bowl special podcast. Watch out for Fletcher Cox. Watch out for Chris Long. This is the best defense that the Patriots have played up front I'm all fine. season long. It's I'm telling fine. you, it's, it's going to end up different. Underdogs all day, but the Eagles are not underdogs. All right here, Sports World. Welcome back to our Go Baller FFS Super Bowl special podcast for Super Bowl 52. And now getting into Las Vegas and the money line for this game opened up earlier in the week or two weeks ago when the line first came out. Patriots were a six-point favorite. The line has moved down to four and a half due to intense 
betting on the Philadelphia Eagles side. We're talking about this year, reportedly more than $4 million bets have already been placed on Super Bowl 52. All of them, all four of those bets, million dollar plus, on the underdog Philadelphia Eagles, who I say are not the underdogs when you're looking at it all together. A better on Friday at William Hill placed a $1 million money line bet on the Eagles at plus 155 odds. Is that If that sounds like a foreign language to you, that means by putting $1 million on that line, if the Eagles were to cover the spread, this better would net a $550,000 profit. Not a bad bet, if you ask me, if you got that type of money to throw down Sports World. Now, jumping into our picks and our breakdowns of this game, we talked a little bit about it in the last segment. Seems like you're all in on the Patriots, Mr. Allendale. I'm all in on the Philadelphia Eagles. And you say it could be a potential route, but I'm going to stop you there because the New England Patriots in five Super Bowl wins. Doesn't the matter. biggest win has been by six points, and every other win has been by three or four points or less. So, so how, how, is, how is that going to change against a very, very good Philadelphia Eagles team that with Carson Wentz at quarterback would be the clear-cut favorites by Vegas to win this game? Well, how about this? They were behind. What was the final score of last year's Super Bowl? Do you remember? Uh, they won well, by six points. Okay, they won by six. They were down 28-3. to three. So they're down 25. So they outscored Falcons by 31 points when, after in the, in the second half. Well, this is a different team. This is a different yeah, situation. Yeah, this is the worst I mean, team. They, 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 last year's team had Matt Ryan, a quarterback, one of the all-time greats. You're, you're making too much. Well, of Matt Ryan is not an all-time great quarterback. Come Nick, on. If now. Nick Foles was any good, he would have been a starter someplace, but he wasn't. Uh, he, you don't even know what's, if he's even going to be a starter next year any place. Look, Nick Foles. And let me say this. If the, if the if he was a starter for the Eagles this year from day one, would they have been in the Super Bowl? Absolutely not. Oh, I don't think you can say that, Mr. Oh, Allen. He's, not, he's been playing well ever since he's gotten that starting job. I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid you're drinking. I, I don't got to drink the Kool-Aid. You're, you're drinking that Patriots Kool-Aid, Mr. Allen. Robert Kraft serving you up something in that drink over there, man. I mean, look look at the Eagles overall. This team with Carson Wentz would be the favorite. They've been the best team but in football all Carson season long. Wentz, so it's the, one game that they got to win. Another third straight playoff game without... With a mediocre backup quarterback. This is going to be the third straight game they're underdogs by Vegas. You saw what happened in the first two games they were underdog against the Vikings and your beloved Matt Ryan and the Falcons. They beat them. Nick Foles beat them. Look who beat them. Who did they beat? Case Keenum? They beat the Atlanta Falcons in the the first game in the second round. I'm talking about this year, they beat a Case Keenum, a backup quarterback. So, so what about their win over the Falcons and Matt Ryan in the game before that? Falcons had a lot of problems. Oh, okay. So, very convenient for you to say, Mr. Allen Dell, when you want to bash on Nick Foles now. Well, we'll see what happens. But uh, as I said before, the Eagles have some problems in their secondary. They have a great front four, and they like to rotate him. Brady won't allow them to rotate them as much as they want. He's going to pick apart. Their defense, they're real good at stopping the run, but the Patriots don't need the run. Brady with his quick passes, just going to pick them apart. He may get off to a slow start. It doesn't matter. If the Eagles get a lead, are they going to play not to lose like all these other teams do usually when they play uh, the New York Patriots? Gi- the New York Giants blueprint of Eli Manning and what that defense in the front four were able to do beating the Patriots those two years. That was a long time ago. I, it, 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 was, it happened, and it was in the last five to ten years, and this is the same Patriots quarterback and the same Patriots coach and organization that lost those games. Jason Pierre-Paul up front on that line Fletcher Cox is going to wreak havoc in this game putting pressure on Tom Brady making him uncomfortable in the pocket and that's how you beat 
the New England Patriots. Yeah. The Eagles have the best running back. They got the best two running backs in this game, Jay Ajayi and LeGarrette Blunt. They got the best receiver in this game in Alshon Jeffrey. They've got the better defense in this game. So I'll give you the coach. I'll give you the quarterback. Maybe I'll give you the offensive line too. But the defensive line goes to the Eagles. I think there are more positive factors well, on the know, side of the ball of the Eagles in this game when you look at overall. Too much of that. City of brotherly love juice they're selling in Philadelphia. So I bet you on this one, but if you lost your bet, I'd have to kick you to the curb. And you'd, be, you'd have to go to Philadelphia and, and look for some real brotherly love to keep you going. I'll so. buy you a year's worth of cheesesteaks if the Patriots wind up winning this game because it ain't happening, my friend. Philadelphia Eagles are taking this thing home. We'll be back with our final picks in the next segment. Welcome back, Sports World, to Go Baller FFS and our official Super Bowl special podcast, breaking down all things Super Bowl 52, a.k.a. S-B-L-I-I. That is right, my friends, sitting here with none other than the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell. And man, if things are heated now on Saturday, I don't know if we're going to be able to watch this game together. We're, we're, we're going to be buttoned heads and, and going to the mattresses in this game on Super Bowl Sunday, no, I'm baby. I'm just going to sit there and smile and then say, I told you so. And I'm going to be drinking that Kool-Aid to an Eagles victory, my friend. And how about talking about Key's unsung heroes to this game? You gave me your score a couple segments ago where you said New England 31-21. to 21. Is, is, that, right. is that your yeah. final pick? Yeah. All right, so I got... The same amount of total points. You got 52 points in Super Bowl 52. I got 52 points in Super Bowl 52. However, I got the Eagles 28, Patriots 24. Eagles win by four points outright and cover the spread in this ball game. 52 points in Super Bowl 52. I wish there was a prop bet on that. It's probably on there somewhere. And looking at the odds for Super Bowl MVP and who could be a potential sleeper, unsung hero, as we mentioned earlier, in this game. I mean, look, you put money in. You talk about Garrett Blunt being an X Factor. You put a, that's you put a hundred bucks down on him to win MVP. You're gonna get thirty three times back your money. So it's, it's some some big bets and big money to be made by guessing who's gonna be the Super Bowl MVP. If, if the Eagles win, I guess it's a complete toss up on who could get that nod. But who do you think could be the X Factor for each team in this game? Well, like I said, uh, I think Garrett Blunt could be the one for the. He, he played in the Super Bowl last year. He had eighteen touchdowns. And the Patriots got rid of him. He, if anybody should have a chip on his shoulder, it's him. Not to mention Chris Long, also another former Patriot. They both played for the Patriots and won the Super Bowl with them. Right. This is, that could be a little X factor, giving some extra insight into the Eagles going into this game, don't, don't you think? Or yeah, it could be. I mean, uh, Jay Ajayi is another huge pickup. Who I believe this guy was rushing, you know, back to back two hundred plus yard games last season with the Miami Dolphins. Struggled a little bit this year behind one of the league's worst offensive lines. Now he's teamed up with LeGarrette Blount. That's the best one-two running back combo right now. It's been all this season since they've been together. J.H.I. leads them in yards in the postseason. I think he could be another huge X factor in this game. And, and Alshon Jeffrey, like I said, this guy who was once considered one of the top five receiving talents in the league, had a few injuries back and forth, really picked it up with Carson Wentz at quarterback this season and has continued that with Nick Foles at quarterback in the playoffs. So you Nelson Aguilar, one of the best young receivers coming up in this league. You got Torrey Smith, an absolute burner, a deep threat there. So as long as they can get any of these three guys open, look for some big plays in Super Bowl 52. I think it's going to be higher scoring than most people think in this ballgame. What's one bold prediction or what's one thing that, that we should expect that maybe most aren't expecting in this game, Mr. Allendale? Are the Patriots going to get off to a big lead? Or what, what's, going to, what's going to be one surprising no, thing that's going to happen that here? matters, the Patriots could be losing for 58 minutes, 59 minutes, but when that final clock 
goes off, they're going to be the winner. I mean, they have a lot of, I mean, everything resolves resolve around, uh, obviously, Tom Brady. But th th there's a few other guys uh, that, that could go through. Uh, Dwayne Allen, tight end, Patriots. Maybe he'll come through. I mean, that's back end, back up tight end to Rob Gronkowski. You, yeah, me you mentioned that, that Rob Gronkowski, well, you think he'll yeah. be at full health well, for this yeah, game. The, the thing about Gronkowski, what happens, I, I, I bet that the Eagles are going to try to put him out of the game. They're going to target him, and if he takes a... Hard hit to the head, he may be gone. So you never know. Deion Lewis could come through. Uh, Amendola, it, it seems to be uh, Brady's favorite target these days, especially when Gronkowski uh, is, is shoveled or can't play. So they got a lot of potential uh, heroes. Obviously, Brady's going to be the guy. Uh, I just like somebody will come through. How about one big name that they picked up in the offseason that's been relatively quiet? He's had a really good season, but. Maybe not as in the spotlight as many people would thought is Brandon Cooks. Yeah, Brandon Cooks. Drew, Drew Brees' former number one target in New Orleans. That, that guy's that one hell of a burner. He's underside. One of those smaller type Patriots receivers, but he's got more speed arguably than any other receiver on the field outside of Aguilar and Torrey Smith. Right. Uh, so it could, could be an X factor in this game as well. Rob Gronkowski, I agree with you. I mean, they, they should be going after him. And, they, you know, the question is... That's kind of easier said than done, so will they be able to do the same thing that the Jaguars did in that game? Let's not forget Malcolm Butler, cornerback for the Patriots. He could give Nick Foles a lot of problems, a lot of nightmares. Jump the, around, take one home. That's it's, the one thing i got to say about the Patriots is that their defense has been underrated all season. Yeah, they've given up the least amount teams. of points since Game 5 of any team in the NFL. So. Well, they didn't have to play much competition in the playoffs. That's for damn sure. Oh, oh. <laughs> What is good, sports world? Jumping into the final segment of our Go Baller FFS Super Bowl 52 special podcast and switching it up here, taking it a little bit light outside of these intense debates between myself, your host, Chris Dell, and the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell. And I know you're picking the Patriots in this game, but but who's your sports fan heart rooting for in this game, Mr. Alan Dell? Are, are you going to be happy if the Patriots win and get their sixth Super Bowl? People are going to say Tom Brady's the absolute goat over your boy Joe Montana. Or are you going to be happy for the underdogs in the city of brotherly love, the Rocky Balboa statue, if the Eagles wind up getting their first ever franchises, National Football League Super Bowl trophy? the Vince Lombardi trophy. I'm going to break it down for you easy before you have to answer this question of which team you should root for. We're going to go with the ESPN quiz of answering a few basic questions that's going to tell you, based on technology and algorithms, of what team you should root for based on your interests. So, Mr. Allendale, first question, what do you consider yourself to be? The greatest of all time, a.k.a. a goat or an underdog? Do you consider yourself to be a goat or an underdog, Mr. Allendale? I'm not sure. I would. Give, your, give me your answer. What do you identify yourself as? The greatest of all time or an underdog? That's the first question on the quiz. Myself? Yeah, yourself. This is about you. This is your personality quiz. It's going to tell you who you should who you should root for at the end of this quiz in the Super Bowl 52 game. I'll say goat. Just say goat. Okay. All right. On to question number two. How would you celebrate a touchdown by a Gronkowski spike? Or doing the electric slide in the end zone? Spike. All right. Got the spike going down. Let's see here. All right. Pick a pregame song. Would you rather listen to a rap, a rap song or a rock song before this before oh, we play it in a big I, game? I, I, I don't like rap, so that, that's a no brainer. The man who once told me that rap music is a fad, my friends. Pick a song to add to your Super Bowl party playlist. 
Yeah, one one song. What well, you got a big game okay. coming up in your life? Who are you listening to, man? Johnny B. Good, Chuck Berry. Okay, there you go. There you go. Switch that one up a little bit. And then one person you would invite to your Super Bowl party between Giselle Bundchen and Kobe Bryant. I guess I'd buy Kobe Bryant. That's your boy, Kobe Bryant, the Black Mamba right there. Okay. Who would you rather hear a joke from, Conan O'Brien or Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart. Okay. It's a little switching it up with the young crowd right there. Okay. Here we go. A little history question here. Pick your favorite founding father, John Adams or Benjamin Franklin? Benjamin Franklin. All right. Okay. Touche to that one. And just the last two here. Pick a place to go sightseeing, Freedom Trail or Liberty Bell in the Independence Hall? Liberty Bell, Independence Hall. All right. I got to go check that one out, man. All right. And then let's wrap it up here with some food. What would you rather eat, a Philly cheesesteak or a lobster roll? A no-brainer Philly cheesesteak. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's see here. We're going to pick one more here at the end to wrap this up. Pick a movie between Goodwill Hunting and Rocky. I got to go with Rocky. All right, classic Rocky movie right there. Pick a TV show to binge between Cheers, Dawson's Creek, and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. You know, you gonna pass on that I, one? I, I don't even, the only one I know is Cheers. So okay, I... <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna pick that one. We're calculating results, sports world. Here we go. Oh, I have the you. Philadelphia Eagles. Mr. Allen Dell, the Godfather, based on your selections in this quiz, you and your deepest and deepest of hearts and emotions should be rooting for the underdogs from Philly. Yeah, to but here, the here's, here's the disclaimer. I grew up in a New York area. I grew up as a Giant fan and then a Jets fan, so I hate the Eagles. And I, you know, that, that's, I'm not a, I'll be just, if the Patriots win, I'll be more happy that the Eagles lost. I'll All right, so it that. looks like technology failed us from ESPN in this one. Listen, I'm an ex-Giant fan, or Still, in a way, I go back to the. Oh, no, if Josh Rosen goes back, to, goes to the Giants, you're going to be Josh a big Rosen Giants fan. My boy, if he goes, yeah, I, I go back to the days of uh, Charlie Connerly, Frank Gifford, Bill Parcells, one of my greatest heroes. There you go. Touche to that. What, what is your favorite and most memorable Super Bowl growing up throughout the years? I, I Little kinda, history question I here. I kind of like the, the first one. Uh, when the uh, the Packers won the first one again, God, I don't even remember who they beat. So, I classic think, Super Bowl right I think there. Think it was Kansas City, and uh, I believe I was. What year was that? Uh, you could tell me. Fifty-two years ago, so that would have been uh, what? Sixty-seven, sixty-eight. I think so. Yeah, Sixty. Yeah. Sixty-five. Okay. Yeah, that's a memorable one. Uh, or when the first one that everybody remembers, the first one the Jets won. You know, or the only. All right, a little bonus edition here. We got cut off there at the end of the last segment. Mr. Allen Dell just asking you to reminisce a little bit about your childhood and your early adult years and growing up watching all of these Super Bowls. We were talking about Super Bowl One, That was, what, 52 years ago? So do some basic subtraction there. We said, what, 1965 about it? Yeah. And what, what else besides Super Bowl One do you remember or just one Super Bowl that might stand out in your mind? I know you're a former Giants fan well, overall, but, but it's a little, what, what say you, Mr. Allen? The Super Bowl that, that I can't forget is the one that Jets won with Joe Namath when he, he guaranteed a victory. That's, you know, that's the first one the AFL, uh, AFL won. So that changed the course of uh, pro football as we know it in this country. So that's one thing you can never forget, especially Especially uh, Joe Willie guaranteeing that victory. And what do you 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 actually were covering football yeah, around the time Namath played, right? I covered some of the Jets games. Yeah, 
when uh, Joe Willie was a quarterback for the Jets. So what do you remember about it, uh, talking to and interviewing Joe Namath? You got to talk to him a couple times in the locker room, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> With a little uh, X-rated story that, that no, you're going to tell us to cover your no, ears he here, Sports World? <laughs> he could get moody. He wasn't the most friendly guy around at times. But, you know, I remember covering a... I think it was a preseason game up in the Yale Bowl because the stadium wasn't ready. They were doing renovations and it was crowded, cramped, and you know, he was in there by himself. And I tried to ask him a few questions. He, he wasn't happy. I think I asked him about Norm Snead, and he said, "Well, what do I know about Norm Snead? I don't want to talk about him." But that was a long time ago. So, so you throw him back. I mean, just looking at some history here and bringing it back to Super Bowl Fifty Two as we wrap up this Super Bowl Fifty Two special podcast on Go Baller FFS. And you look at the, just the amazing numbers. When we look back in history on this run that the New England Patriots have had over the last 17 years since they won their first one, and they were the absolute underdogs beating the greatest show on turf, which were the St. Louis Rams at the time. I mean, this is the eighth Super Bowl that they're going to be in over that span. So every other year, basically over the last two decades, the Patriots have been in the Super Bowl. Is this the greatest NFL dynasty of all time? Have you seen anything better than this or what oh, the, the Patriots Steelers, have put on? The Steelers, they've won six, they've won six uh, Super Bowls. So. But, but in a short span, of, the well, Patriots they, have they, done they, it all in the last, in this de- in the century they've done it, though. That's not what I'm saying. Correct me if I'm wrong, didn't the Steelers win four in a row? I, I might be wrong about that. But, uh, all right, but we're talking about potentially six Super Bowls well, in two decades for the I, Patriots. Well, Steelers, were, they, they were... Under Chuck Noll, that was one of the greatest franchises of all time. So, you, so you're not Joe just... Montana, I don't, he didn't do them in a row, but he won. He's four and zero. People know they even know that everybody in our country seems to have short memories. He, he he's four and zero in Super Bowls and never threw an interception. How's that? That's, that's pretty damn impressive right there. You know, I definitely give, give credit for that, Joe Montana. Yeah, Absolutely. And what about, I mean, just looking at some NFL history, your boy Rob Gronkowski's already etched his name. Most NFL receiving yards by a tight end in NFL yeah. history in the well, postseason. They, 856 receiving yards for him. They throw more of the tight ends. You know, these. They, Roger Stolbeck had uh, won a couple of Super Bowls. He's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all times. But, how, uh, about, how about Tom Brady total completions in the playoffs? 992. Yeah. The next highest, Peyton Manning, 649. I mean, that, that's, that's amazing right there what they've been able to do. Tom Brady's passing yards in the playoffs. Most in league history. He's got almost 10,000. He could reach 10,000 passing yards in this game. He's got 9,721. That means he would need 289 or 279 yards to eclipse that mark. The next Peyton Manning, only 7,300 yards. I mean, absolutely amazing what, what Tom well, Brady's been able to I'll do. I'll tell you what I need. All this Philadelphia talk has me jonesing on a Philly cheesesteak, and i got to get out of here and get myself a Philly cheesesteak. I'm, I'm in Bradenton, Sarasota, Florida. I don't know where they sell them, but i got to find some because I'm jonesing right now to have a Philly cheesesteak. Or um, I may go to the airport and get on a plane and go to Philadelphia and watch the, watch the game at a bar and, and load up on have about five or six cheesesteak sandwiches. Don't, don't let them know about your Super Bowl 52 pick, man. You might get booted out of that out of that sports bar quick, man. Well, how about this as we wrap it up with talking about historic players, historic coach in the NFL, 278 all-time wins for Coach Bill Belichick, third on the all-time list. I mean, just amazing games played by Brady, 253, previously broken offensive tackles record. 
I mean, I think no matter what you look at, what you break down, the numbers on the field, off the field, this is going to be a great game. Another matchup between the Eagles and the Patriots. Mr. Allendale, sign us off Well, here. I just say I love those Philly cheesesteaks, but the, at the end of this game, uh, I'm afraid Philadelphia's going to be munching on some cold soup and crying their eyes out. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Peace out. What's up, Chris? Go baller, KT. We don't want to be busy. <sighs> My picks. I really hope the Eagles can get it done. Uh, I don't know how the score will be. But uh, I think it will be decently scoring. I think there will be some scoring in this game. It's indoors, so it's going to help. I think it's going to be 28-24. My heart says go with the Eagles, but I hope Tom doesn't get it. So I'm going to go with the Eagles. But I wouldn't be shocked if they pull it off again. Let's hope not.